Welcome to Turning Purple, where we take an in-depth look at life as an independent artist. The good, the bad, and the kiki carry of it all. Hey. Hi. Welcome to episode two of Turning Purple. I'm Adam Joseph at Adam Joseph Music on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Erica Tor at Erica Tor on both Twitter and Instagram. So that's spelled E R I C K A T O U R E. E. Oh, yes. okay. E. <laughs> e. Erica Tor. Erica Tor. She's a lady, but she really is a whore. Oh, I was going to say man, oh, but okay. I went right to whore. How dare you? How dare you? So. Society is crumbling around us. <laughs> oh, God. Here we are. Um, last week, it seemed like, I don't know, I guess we were in shock for a little bit. I think I know I was. Last week, it was like starting to crumble, like, you know, in it the submarine when like one screw <laughs> pops off and then there's a little stream of water coming in. And now we're completely... We're waist high at this point. Yes. We can still breathe, but, uh, but that, not for long. Yeah, not, <laughs> but not for long. So, yes, we are well aware of everything that's going on in the world. Our government doesn't care whether we live or die, <laughs> uh, apparently. Um, we should sacrifice our old people to the stock market. Yeah. Stock uh, market's way important than people being alive. Yeah, girl. Uh, there's some crazy shit going down, but... We um we're gonna try and pick up where we left off um last time because uh you know that was the whole idea of this whole thing was to get really get into like why we moved here and like those things and just kind of I think we're gonna carry on as if there will be a tomorrow because what's the option? <laughs> <laughs> Keep pushing <laughs> on. Things are gonna get better. I hope they do. Yeah. It won't take long. Maybe it will, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shout out to Anaya Day. Such a great song. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna continue our discussion as if there will the sun will come out tomorrow. The sun will come out <laughs> in six months. Oh, to a year and a half is what the scientists are saying. Okay. Um so do where you were we? Know do you know where you're going to? Do, do you like the things the Phoenix show to you? I do actually. I really do <laughs> love the things that Phoenix is showing me. I do. Well, let's start off. Let's start here. This episode kind of a... is going to be about moving, staying, moving again, moving again, moving on, moving up, moving down, moving, moving around, moving laterally. Yeah. <laughs> Just whatever moves. Artists in motion. Artists in motion. Because bitches need to stay in motion. You do need to stay in motion. It's important. But where let's let's start with this. So moving from New York to LA. I had been uh, let's see, I had been there when when we moved when I moved in 
2014. 2015? 2016. 2000, end of 2015. January of 2016 is when we landed in LA. Is it? Okay, so yes. 2015 was the year that I spent prepping to leave New York, which kind of felt like didn't really, was very different from all the rest of the years that I had been in New York. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I um, had mostly, my nightlife jobs consisted mainly of hostessing gigs again. Um, Cause you know, um, the, my pumps era had died down and I had, was working mostly just hosting and, um, and it was, you were working for Suzanne. I was Barsha working for Suzanne Barshalot. Um, and, and I kind cute of, Quan. I was making cute Quan, but that life, um, is also very unpredictable. It's very unpredictable. It requires a certain amount of youth. It requires a youthful liver. Ooh, number girl. one. Um, Unless you're peppermint and, and you're, you're clean always team, having a wonderful time. Always having a wonderful time, just high on life. Sober Sally. Uh, that was never my I was never able experience. to do that. <laughs> I, I am envious of people that can hang out in clubs. But actually, I've been hanging out. I've been... DJing a lot lately, and I rarely drink when I'm DJing. I am pretty much a uh, very sober salad. We've gone sober. We've gone pretty much sober. Anyway, except for when I get drunk. Except for when I, I don't. I haven't been drunk in a very long time. Like yeah, probably over five months. Now. I'm not there yet, and I don't know if I ever will be. But the, I'm definitely That's not fine. drinking as much as I used to. <laughs> but I had kind of. I was already becoming. I was just coming off the heels of a very successful. Here's the here's here's what happens and what happened. What happened and was, what always happens is you are high for the on. Uh, you're working at the best, hippest, most coolest party in the world mm-hmm. until it's over. Until it's over, and then your job is done, and you have to find the next best, coolest, hippest, most par- like most wonderful party in the world. Right. For to to attach your name to, or else your income stream dries up. Right. Um. And I had forgotten, uh, I've been working with Suzanne for a while and we had a really, uh, and like, uh, it was on an adrenaline high because we were working at a party that was every week and we were making new, I was making new looks every week, mm-hmm. every single week for like an entire year. So this many party, looks. So many looks. Um, and then it ended like they all, like all parties do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it really hit me hard and, uh, I was kind of flirting with the idea of trying to maybe find something else to do because I was so my, it really triggered my depression that time around. Mm-hmm. And because, because when you don't have stuff to do, it's super easy to get depressed. Well, yeah, that is true. Um, work it's definitely, keep, it's definitely trig, it's triggering. It is. Well, work has always kept me level more than anything else. It's when, it's when you, sit there and you're like, oh, I have nothing to look forward to right now. I have nothing <laughs> to I have nothing to work toward. So crap. <laughs> I'm screwed. Dang. That's it's just really easy to fall into that, you know, yeah, when you don't have a reason sure. to get up in the morning, literally. Mm-hmm. And uh well, I came across, well very shortly after that party ended, uh I had another opportunity with um my then best sissy to have be basically be in creative, complete creative control of our own night at Webster Hall. 
um, which was like it's it's the top. It's like the pinnacle of achievement mm-hmm. uh, to be to have your own night where you're in charge. What was that called? That was called Kill City. I didn't even know. I was not there. You weren't there. You were gone. Uh, it was called Kill City, um, and it was with uh, our friend Jess Marquis. Who, oh God! Yeah, this is that story. Jess Marquis, who. Uh, we had known for a long time, but had never really worked with. He'd been in nightlife. We'd been in different circles in nightlife and mm-hmm. have never really worked together. So he offered me and my friend, I'm just not going to say her name because we'll, you'll, we'll get into She shall not be named. She who shall not be named. We don't need to know her name. Uh, sorry. Um, we're offered this night and it was like, we were very excited. And we put a lot of work into it. We were making bank Mm-hmm. We were making a lot of money. Wow. They were paying us, I mean, money that I hadn't seen since I first started working in nightlife. Yeah. Well, Webster Hall is a very large mm-hmm. venue. Yeah. We were making. Like, Why don't you just say how we much were you were 500 making? We were getting 500 bucks. 500 each. a night. Yeah. Which is huge. Right. That's very good. Um, And that that wasn't, we didn't, that wasn't, that was just our pay. We also had a budget to hire other people to work for us. Wow. Um, so we didn't even, that was our take home, darling. Cute. Usually you, if you want to hire, if you, you, a bar will give, or a club will give you a night. And if you want to hire somebody else to come, you got to take that shit out of your own That's pay. coming out your pocket. That's coming out your pocket. But so we were ecstatic. Um, and that went on for, I think we only did it for, I want to say three months. Mm-hmm. Um, we would meet with Jess to discuss the upcoming week uh, on Wednesdays. Um, and we got a call on one Wednesday night that he had hung himself in his apartment. Uh, and that blew me. It just kind of shattered my whole everything. Mm-hmm. Like my whole existence kind of fell apart a little bit. My whole mental state crumbled and i very much for the first time ever became very real to me that i real that i needed to get out of new york city because it was just too heavy there was too much baggage associated with everything that was going on i was drinking too much i was doing too many drugs mm-hmm. um i was behaving in a way that my body could no longer keep up with uh my mental state was suffering um and you were and also working during the day at the same time. I was also working during the day at the same time. I was working that that's when I went, when I started working uh in the floral industry, in the event industry was when I started working uh at the party before Kill City. That's when I was starting to work in the floral industry. Um was my day job. So, uh And you were doing some other parties too. I was doing some other yeah, and, I was doing we were doing stuff. Yeah. But it just was all too much and I needed to get out. And so that after I remember that day is when we decided we were going to leave. When we found out we were crying in a cab on the way home Mm -hmm. from a party that we went to in Brooklyn. And we were like, we have to get out of this fucking city. Um, um, and LA was what we chose because like I chose LA it's, because for New someone York, who is has lived in New York for over ten years, it seems like no other place on earth exists. <clears throat> there seems like where else could I possibly go in the United States other than LA? 
there wasn't any there in my mind there were no other options and la even for yeah. new yorkers is a stress same because, same for me because the people there are so very very different than they are in new york city like the yeah. vibe is the complete scene, the scene the people. everything is very different yeah but there was no other it was the only option in my mind was right. los angeles um if i was going to leave new york city and i have to say it was very difficult it feels like your whole it feels like you might die when you've lived there for a long time it feels like you can't exist anywhere else outside mm-hmm. of new york city mm-hmm. um but and there's there's reasons for that some of which are negative some of which are positive like there's a, very much a community, an artist community in New there York is. City. It's a There's family. a very supportive family, and where whatever type of art form you get into, you d- immediately meet people and yeah. develop a family. And nightlife was that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, I remain family to this day with people that I met right. and worked with in New York. But that that's how LA came about, and. I knew that Johnny Johnny had moved had had the pretty much a very similar experience being fed up with New York. Yeah. Johnny McGovern um, had left New York I think, in God 2012? No, before then, before then I think. Really? Yeah. Cuz I know, I mean he was on his way out when I was doing my pumps. No. I feel like yes. I really don't know. Th- that's how crazy our time is. We can't even remember when our friends moved away. But no. <laughs> I mean, it's, cr- it's hard it to all remember. blends together. It all does blend together. It was sometime anyway. between 2010 and 2012. I remember meeting up with him when he was just about to leave. And I was like, are you really doing it? And he's like, yeah, I'm done. I because it was it after was that recession then. in 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. which killed nightlife, like literally killed <laughs> 99% of the parties. And a lot of people, like all of our friends that we knew who had all been making a, you know, a good living through nightlife for the past 10 years were just like, why are we all unemployed now? Why can't, (laughs) why isn't anybody going out? Because nobody has any money. Yeah. So, and, and the mayor literally shut down most of the parties. Yeah. So that wasn't, that didn't help either. So Johnny left and... You know, Johnny, especially for for you and for me, was kind of a strong force in like keeping us going forward in our creative journey. He is um, one of his many talents is uh, expert cheerleader. He's really great at pulling the best out of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, he was always not like so supportive, and I have a, re- a huge problem with self doubt. And uh, and you know self esteem in general, mm-hmm. and um, always have, still do, and but, motivation, and motivation. But Johnny was all of those things for me when yeah. I couldn't be them for myself. He's very driven, yeah, and can drive other people to yeah. to places that they may not have been definitely able to get for places on their I, own. I wouldn't I wouldn't have dared to go on my own for sure. But that was like one of the major reasons that I that I chose New York. Um, not New York, that I chose LA. Because he was there. Because he was there. And honestly, you talk to anybody that is a new, real New Yorker in the entertainment nightlife industry, and they're, you know, if they're going to leave, we had several other friends that left and they all went to LA. Yeah. Or maybe Berlin or yeah. out of the country. Or out of the country. But if, if you stay LA in the country, it's LA. 
It's just, just, it's just, there's literally no option for in most people. In your mind, yes. In your mind. And I was definitely very much there when still, when I moved, leaving New York was the hardest thing that I've ever, that I had done up until that point in my life. And there's some kind of stigma about people from the people that we were around in New York to say, I'm going to move to Ohio. I'm going to move to Idaho or whatever, you know? You've and, given up. And we're all like, oh, okay. That's too bad. Yeah, exactly. You've given up. I'm sorry. You couldn't handle it. Um, right. You couldn't carry. You couldn't carry. She said, she said, bring it. I brought it and she couldn't carry. Exactly. Um, no, and that's you just, said, bring it. She brought, she brought it, it and, and you, you couldn't, couldn't carry. carry. That's what it was. <laughs> um, and I think that's, that's what, I think that simple attitude stigma against moving anywhere else is what keeps most people in New York, whether they be doing well or well, not doing just, so well. It gives you, New York City gives you just enough to keep you there. And when you, uh, from the outside, the things that I put up with to stay in New York City, I just can't even believe. Mm -hmm. Like the living conditions. I've lived in literal closets that cost $1,000 a month. Someone's actual closet. I had my um, own apartment and I slept <laughs> in the closet so that I could rent out the master bedroom and, yes. and save money on rent. Mm -hmm. um, it was a good size closet though. It was a pretty big closet. <laughs> it, I had a queen size go. mattress in there, so I wasn't doing bad. I had to move my mattress off the floor in order to open and open and shut the door. Lo luckily, and there was a window, <laughs> a tiny little window that I could open and pee out of at night. Oh, that's so nice! How glamorous! <laughs> so it had an ensuite. It had an ensuite. There was an ensuite. She was on ensuite, <laughs> darling. Sweet ensuite. Um, but yeah, the things that you, it gives you just, it's a cruel, cruel mistress. It gives you just enough to keep you there. And it, I, I feel like it kind of fools you into thinking that you can't exist anywhere else. And um, that you're doing something right because you're still there. Yeah. The fact that you've been able to, to handle. The, the fact that emotionally you've been able and physically to eat staying, lunch that day yeah. is a sign that you've done something right in our twisted minds. Yeah, I agree. I bet my, that's definitely where mine my, my right? was. But I've got it's thirty five dollars yes. in the bank. I am doing pretty good. Yes, I also well. It also feels like nothing happens anywhere else. Right. There's there. Well, it is a city that never sleeps. It's open later than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, it nothing stops. There's twenty four hours a day. Yeah, it's running. And we came which is there this, from other yeah. places. Mm -hmm. So once you go somewhere. You don't want to feel like, oh, I'm going to leave the party and go home now. Yeah, you don't. Well, that's literally my life in New York City. <laughs> I, never I never wanted to leave the party, oh. and I rarely did I Yeah, before 10 a.m. Uh, <laughs> at, at someone else's apartment. Um, but, yeah, so where are we now? You LA. went to L.A. L.A. happened. Um, I, my friend that I moved with... Hit the ground running. Um, Started a business. Start, uh, well, well, got another job for right. another for another company, like doing an event, event company, design. doing an event design and production. I floundered <laughs> for three months. I was deeply depressed. Um, 
and couldn't felt paralyzed. Find couldn't find a job. Felt paralyzed in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Didn't um, have a car. I didn't have a car. Didn't have my own car. Didn't uh, which have is any difficult. money. Didn't, yes. You didn't even rent. have any money to pay the rent. Uh, At a certain point, because I know that. Well. Because you didn't have no. a job. I didn't have a job, but I had saved enough right. for three months. So then the fourth month. The fourth around. month I rolled around and there and I did not have any money. But my roommate was making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So it was fine. Um <laughs> kind of kind of fine. That type of that type of dynamic is difficult. Dependency on a friendship can yeah. really start It can really start to strain quick. things. Um but it see it didn't it didn't really seem when she was she told me when it became that mm-hmm. she was like, "Girl, I know you're struggling, but you gotta. I can't. I'm not I your can't, mom. Yeah, I'm not your mom. I can't drive this ship. Right. You gotta get your shit together and get something. And I did. Um, but then shortly thereafter, uh, she started her own business, um, which was an event design business. Uh, and I started working for him. For him. In that business. Slash her. Slash her. <laughs> when we say her, we mean him. And when we see, say, say him, him, we, we mean, mean her. her. If or that clarifies it anymore. It doesn't. Uh, the Her is used uh, interchangeably with all pronouns. By her, we mean they. Yeah. That doesn't make any freaking <laughs> sense, Adam Joseph. It's a New York thing. Everybody is I girl. Think Everyone is girl. should understand. Think, yeah. Everyone is girl. Everyone is she. That's just the way that we were brought That's up. That's just the way it is. Um, but anyway, so there, a business was started. In my mind, we had been best friends for so long and been living to act to get out of New York City. We shared a, someone's literal closet. We put bunk beds in someone's literal closet and shared lived like that for an entire year. Grown ass men, grown ass men beds. in bunk beds for an entire year just to save up enough money to get the fuck out of New York City. So we were very close. Uh um and I thought that this business to me was from the beginning something that we were building together to benefit the entire family, not just us. Um, that's what it seemed like to me in my mind. Um, but it quickly became all consuming. Uh, and it became a 24 hour a day, literally 24 hour a day job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, you were working a lot. And, um, and the, the, the sad thing about it was you were not doing drag at, at all. all. I was not doing drag at all. I think I did one thing. No, that was after I was done. That was after I didn't do drag From until after I was done. From the time you moved to LA, you stopped doing drag abruptly and was you were not doing anything for a while. Yeah. And then you started working in events and florals and then it became once that company started that company exploded super fast. It became very successful very quickly. And you were you were like the main other I was person the event manager. And, right. And so you were doing you were you were up at five AM to talk, until two AM until you know <laughs> until and closing the parties at two AM. Yeah. And then, you know, 
um, it was a lot. There were nights that I did not sleep. Um, many, many nights. Um, but again, I was always under the impression that this was for us. Like this was for everybody. We were building something for the family. Um, cause that's just where my mind goes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, you know, the person who I was working for who started this business after a while, uh, not very long, actually, <laughs> uh, after about a year, things just started to go downhill between us and between him and everyone else that it worked there. It was a there. steep, quick hill. It was a steep, quick <laughs> hill. Um, it was more like he, a cliff. It was more like a cliff, I guess. But uh, as is the age-old story, I think the money and the rapid success kind of went to his head. And he started behaving uh he just started treating people very poorly. And we were sisters, so I called him out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the second that happened, uh, our entire lives crump- crashed and burned. I uh, could not handle it. Um, decided that I was the enemy immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, decided that all of our shared responsibilities were to be dissolved. Our car. You guys our house. were like liter- almost married. Yeah. Not in a sexual way. No, but like but a platonic way. We, they live, you guys live together. I was living with you at the time. Yeah. And you had a car together. You had your phone plan together. You had everything. Everything was together. Yeah. Because that's what I thought we were doing. Right. And I was fine with it. Um, but as then soon as divorced. I questioned uh, one time, literally questioned, him one time uh but it, i mean it was it was harsh because he was behaving very poorly mm-hmm. and uh why you gotta be a bitch why you gotta bitch? be a bitch bitch um <laughs> but we were so close sisters that i thought that you could you know if you the person you're closest to in the world yeah. tells you that you're being an asshole mm-hmm. it seems like that would give you pause right it would give me pause right um i have been in that situation and mm-hmm. it did give me pause mm-hmm. <laughs> um but that's not what happened. Uh, so basically, he decided that um, complete separation was the only option. Meanwhile, we're tied to each other legally, um, emotionally, physically. Like, we're tied to each other very, very... Domestically. Domestically. Uh, so the whole thing became incredibly acrimonious. Um, I had to fight for money. Uh, it became legal. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so... It got really, really ugly. And the only thing that I could see to do was leave. Leave LA. Leave LA. Um, Because the industry, at the time, I didn't know. Well, since the the company has since uh, folded. So Mm. there's that. Uh, (laughs) uh, The company has since folded. But at that time... Uh, the industry that I was working in, he was at the top of then, like you know, mm-hmm. and there was nowhere for me to go really mm-hmm. that where I didn't ha- wouldn't have to see him or be working for people that worked with him. And so, you didn't work in L.A. after that for no, like a whole year. A whole year I was on. I I had to fight for three months for unemployment because the books had been cooked. So uh, I had to 
yeah, it took me three months to get unemployment, but I got it because mm-hmm. California is fierce with its, its mm-hmm. employment laws. And um, you were able to do some drag after the fact. After the fact. But, but you were very right traumatized. I was, tra- I was completely traumatized. Um, and that really affects your ability to do anything. Anything. At all. My world was like shattered because I had basically decided that I was going to give up drag altogether. Um, I decided I was going to give up drag altogether. And literally one week prior to this blow up, one week prior to the the event that started the cascade, um, we had collectively decided to get rid of all of our drag. They had <laughs> 32 plastic bins. Um, large plastic Large bins. plastic bins, like storage bins. Hundreds of outfits. That we put in the garage, opened them up, invited a bunch of other queens over, and they were just like, take whatever you want, get it out of here. Because we needed more room for stuff for the business. Yeah. And... I needed to, I felt like, me personally, I needed to let it go and just throw myself into the work that I was doing and have that be what my future was. I had already made that decision Mm -hmm. for myself. Um, So You had brought all those bins all the way way across the country, from New York, all those nights of hot gluing and sewing. And sewing were gone. Yeah. And, uh, but I kept, I think I, I kept 10 outfits, the ones that had like very sentimental value mm-hmm. to me. I kept those and some shoes and some hats, but everything else was gone. Um, so I guess I decided like, what, where was I? I well, can still get a little emotional. You were over, it. you were over it. You're like, what the fuck am I doing in LA? Yeah. I don't want to be here anymore. Everything about this place hasn't worked for me. And I lost one of my best friends and <clears throat> like, yeah. And there was something about LA as well, where we would go out and try to have fun and it just never really clicked. It never clicked. We never made any friends. We never made any friends. We never made any friends. Which was the really only weird friend for us. Made, I made, we made one friend. Because and the we're only not reason I made people. friends with her is because we were, I was working with her. Did you, did anyone here in, within the sound of my voice move to LA and make a great group of friends that you had no connection with before? I feel like that's a no. Let us from know everyone. on Twitter. Yeah, let us know. But I, I, I feel like it's a no. Anyway, it was just I couldn't. Oh really yeah, con- I couldn't connect. We have a new Twitter, guys. Just oh yeah, so we you know, just made at it. Turning Purple Pod on Twitter. Or if you have any questions, you can email us turningpurplepod at gmail Questions, comments, concerns, queries, concerns, queries, concerns other than. Uh, art direction of our <laughs> videos okay, that we use to promote our track. podcast. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but you had to, you just wanted to get out. I just wanted to get the fuck out. It's like and, it's like once somebody pukes in the back of your car, <laughs> it's never going to be. It's the never same. the same. You can put 
all kind. You can put as many little tree shaped air fresheners yeah. in there as you want. You can, but it's still going to those dryer like sheets puke. under the seat. It's not going <laughs> to work. It's just, it's not the same. It's just not the same. But the reason Phoenix for me is because yeah, my oldest friend, well, my oldest friend that exists on this planet, Ailey, um, who I've been friends with since I was a child, a, biological a biological female, female woman, uh, lives here with her mother, who is like my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known she's the person that's known me the longest in the world. I've and known me the best, and it was really like I couldn't think of anywhere else that like that I would want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like I wanted to be around. Someone that I knew, she, and this is the only place. She had a place. baby, or she was about to have she a baby was, at the time. Yeah. Well, the whole thing, it was very serendipitous. Like the, it, I found out about the baby and this whole thing, and then I told her I was moving here. It all happened without, in like mm-hmm. a week. Um, so there was a lot of reasons for me to move here. What was it? I think you kind of were- I had know. no reasons to move here. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to go into my moving journey because for a while- we were talking about this on the last episode. I was going, I was, I, I moved to New York right after college uh, in 2003. And then in 2009, <clears throat> I had an apartment in Williamsburg and the cops oh, yeah. showed up at my front I door and were like, well, I, I wasn't even there at the time. My roommate at the time called me They're like, there's cops here. They're telling us we have to leave the apartment we can't stay here tonight and i'm like excuse me because this was like a really nice apartment expensive it was was expensive i was like spending all my money on this apartment i was so happy that i finally got a nice apartment in new york i had a dishwasher it was big girl it was two stories staircase okay and it in had Williamsburg, air, it had central, central air, air conditioning, conditioning in new darling. york city that is not something you find no. in every apartment. Or, in any apartment, well, unless now. you're a millionaire. Maybe a now millionaire. that the condos have taken over. But anyway, so turns out my landlord was lying to the government and saying that it was commercial because it was only zoned for commercial. And mm. then they found out that it was residential, so there was not enough like fire exits. Windows. There were and, no windows. In well, the there apartment. were no windows in the apartment, <laughs> but it was still a really nice apartment. There was, there was a, a skylight. skylight. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> didn't open, couldn't exit. But um, so turns out I got totally screwed in this apartment, which I got through a realtor. I didn't through just like realtor, I didn't just y'all. find it on Craigslist. Nope, this was supposed to be on on the up and up. This was some, so this was some shocking. bootleg stuff. This going was some down. shocking shit. And so I lose that apartment with no notice. Can't go back there. Can't sleep there. So. I find another apartment. I move in with Leah Lorian. Shout out to Leah Lorian. How would you feel? How would you know? If it was truly love. Um, <laughs> I moved in with her. And then eventually I got another apartment in um, New Jersey. But that's when I started going over to Europe a lot. Because I was just like, get me out of New York City. I had lost my publishing deal. I lost my apartment. I lost my d- regular DJ gig. All in the same Three months. Yep. So I had nothing. <laughs> I don't know how I made the money. I don't know how I did. Um, but I was going to Europe and I was tour- I was doing gigs there. 
and that was, I was just happy when I was there. And then I would come back to New York and I would be depressed because I don't have any gigs. I don't have any money. I can't do anything. I live in New Jersey. Um, yeah. And it was just bad. Every time I would come back to New York, it would just remind me that I was like, why am I here? I'm not doing anything. And it was just weird. And I never really recovered from that in New York. Yeah. Um, and then I was <clears throat> going to Europe, started going to Europe for two to three months at a time for two or three times a year. So mm-hmm. do the math. I was in New York for at the last time at the last year I was in New York for three months out of the year. Yeah. <clears throat> really and no still paying a thousand dollars a month. No, I was paying eight hundred dollars a month for my apartment. But that's when I that's when I started sleeping in the closet so I could rent out the other rent out the master bedroom. Yeah. For this eight, is the one for eight hundred dollars so that I was paying zero rent. That's how I got through. But then my but then my roommate started stealing my shoes and wearing them and putting pictures of them on Facebook while I was in Europe. And I was like, those look very familiar. Those are my shoes. Wait a minute. <laughs> so I had a lot of bad roommates in that apartment, one after the other. But um, so, so eventually I was like, screw this. I'm just going to move to Europe. I'm going to get a cute apartment with my friend Nick. Um, and I'm just going to tour around like I always do. And I'm just going to do gigs. So I did that. And it was cool. Like, it was really fun. But I got to the point, I lived there for almost two years, and I just got to the point where I was kind of doing the same thing. It started to kind of slow down because you can only play, yeah. you can only There's tour. There's only so many places, right? You can only tour to a club out of town so often. You know, you can't go there every month. Or else people, it's They like book you the two, three times a off. year maybe, and that's it. So mm-hmm. I, it kind of started to slow down because I was like doing the same circuit too much. Mm-hmm. Did you miss... And Did I, you miss I the was States? I was lonely. It was hard to relate to people over there. I felt like an outsider the whole time because I didn't speak the language. Yeah. I tried to learn. I learned some Polish, but I was Polish never is a I was never notoriously fluent. difficult. Language. Really difficult language. Um <laughs> and um, you know, I would try to like I just never really found I never found any friends there. I found a couple friends here and there but like not really and like faggotry is very different yeah and i'm coming from new york where it was like the faggotry is deep luckily my friend nick is a big old queen too so we could kiki together but that was about it you know so mm-hmm. it was weird and um <laughs> we it was weird and was and so weird. then i decided and then i decided um to move to la because I had started writing a lot of songs and I wanted to get into the songwriting yeah. industry as, as a songwriter. Uh-huh. Cause I had kind of at that point, no, I wouldn't say given up on being an artist, but just looking at it from a realistic perspective and how you were going to make money. I'm not going to make, you know, that much money. I can make some money performing, but I'm not going to become the rich white woman that I want to be by <laughs> doing you know, gigs around Poland on Fridays and Saturdays. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was like, how am I going to get into the six-digit category? I'm going to be white a songwriter. Woman. Yeah, white woman. Um, so I, tr- I moved to L.A., and I really didn't have 
And this is independent of each other. We didn't know the yeah, other Yeah, it was, was really moving. weird because I called you or I wrote Weed. you. I, re- I wrote you one day and I was like, I'm going to move to LA in January. Mm-hmm. And you wrote back, me too. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Wait. Wait, what? And um, <laughs> so that was good. And I thought, well, that's cool. I'll have one of my best friends there. And then Johnny is there too. And- um, I knew a couple other people that had moved from New York there. So I felt like I'll have some type of network there and I'll be able to find something. And, and at that point I was still producing music for people and I knew that I would, ha- I could make some money just producing, you know, here and there, um, remixing, writing, yeah. whatever. Um, and so I moved to LA and I slept on Johnny McGovern's couch for an entire year. Yeah, an entire year. Because I didn't have a lot of money <laughs> when I moved to LA. I ha- I got a car, and then, uh, but I, I didn't have a regular job. And trying to get an apartment without a regular job is not easy. No, it is not. And I and I didn't have you know tons of money in the bank either. So honestly, I didn't really know what I was going to do because I was like. I guess I can make $800 a month to pay to rent a room or something, but I didn't want to rent a room. I wanted to live with somebody I knew at least. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm just going to stay here on Johnny's couch and save up some money. And then of course I moved there in January, went back to Europe in March Yep, <laughs> for two months. Mm-hmm. Cause I just wanted to kind of get out of there. Cause I'm like, I don't even have an apartment. What am I doing here? <laughs> And then I come back, so March, April, May. Come back in May. I come back in May, sleep on Johnny's couch all summer, go back to Europe in August. And and I I did almost get an apartment a couple times, but it's really hard to get an apartment in LA. Oh yeah. It's even it's 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 hard. It was harder than than I'd ever experienced. In it New was York. hard. Um, now, the la- New York, but you didn't try to get an apartment towards the end, like in actual New York City. Um, yeah. it's the hardest thing of it. It was impossible. Another reason why we had to move, it was absolutely impossible. They want like your, they want, uh, your pinky finger mm. in an envelope yeah. for an apartment. But yeah, it's really competitive in LA. Everyone Extremely was really competitive. Cause I moved to LA, honestly, I and was only thinking, slightly cheaper at the time. Yeah. I was thinking, Oh, LA is cheaper than New York. Cause only that's slightly. what everyone was saying. Now it's just and, as expensive. But, but right around 2016, it caught up Yeah, and now it's, Almost as expensive or just as expensive. Just as Maybe you'll get a little bit bigger of a place, but you're still going to be paying the same thing. Yeah. And so... And not even. It's not... And you have to have a car and you got to pay for your car insurance and all that stuff. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it levels out to about the same, which is it's, not I think cheap. it's more expensive now because you, you, you have to have a car. A lot of... Shit. Yeah. A lot of people moved to LA recently, so it became flooded and really hard to find a place especially when you don't have a regular job and you're an independent artist and you're freelancing and whatever and yeah. you don't have $10,000 to throw at somebody. So finally, <laughs> I moved we got me and Erica and she who shall not be she who shall not be named got a house together. And I was so happy that I finally had my own bed. Um nothing like Making you grateful for the things you, you have than <laughs> sleeping on somebody's couch for a year. Yeah, for sure. I've been there. Um, and but at the same time <laughs> on your couch. On the same time, at the same time, I 
just wasn't really doing anything in LA. I wasn't LA. doing anything. I was going I to mean the gym either, every day. Except for working. I was. I had a production uh, gigs that I was do, work, doing from home, you know, working on my computer at home, producing music, doing remixes. Um, and then in 2017, which is the first year that we lived together. Yeah. Um, I did Linda Evangelista. That was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then I did a bunch of, and then I did a few months later, I did reclaiming my time with Maxine Waters. Reclaiming my time. <clears throat> that was huge for me. <laughs> um, uh, and the funny thing is all the songs that I produced that were, that did really well save I'm so into voguing right now. Uh huh were not produced in my apartment in LA. They were produced while I was on the road. Yeah. In LA, I got really depressed. Uh Uh-huh. And I got, because I felt like I didn't have anything to do, and I do not do well with that. Yeah. And um, I was like, I was... I was like, gotta go to the gym, gotta get out of bed, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. I mean, I have a history of depression and mania, so a bit of bipolar going on yes. annually. Not all the, not from day to day, but more uh, season to season. Um, so, but fortunately, lately in the last two years, it hasn't been hitting me as hard. But it hit me real hard in 2017, 2018. Not cute. And... Um, yeah, it was just seemed like every time I left LA, something great happened, and then they would come back, and it would just be like, yeah. Ooh. And the last, the last time you came back to find me in a heap on the floor, <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. that whole thing gutted me. I, I was mean, a I shell was almost doing, I was almost doing Postmates <laughs> at the end. Yeah, I was a. Ba- I considered I ordered the bag, and they sent me the bag. To me do too. Postmates. I had the and card like, and the bag. I guess the whole I'll thing. just do Postmates. I did Uber at one point. For two days. I signed up for it. And then I realized that I'm not going to make enough money for this to even be worth the stress of me driving around all day. Yeah. Um, And it was just like every time I was in LA, I didn't have anything to do. I would try to get DJ gigs. I had all these songs that were super popular. Couldn't get a DJ gig to say It's a very life. insular community. Um, There's like six people that do I did a couple gigs it. performing, singing, but they don't want to pay me to do them. At yeah. big clubs, but they don't want to pay you. Which, okay, I guess I'm just doing this for fun then, you know? Didn't work for me. Didn't make any friends. No friends. Um, Yeah, it was just... Like, when I was like, what are you going to do? Like, what made you say yes to moving to New York? To To Phoenix? Phoenix? Yeah. I wanted to get out of LA because I couldn't afford it. And, you know, struggling in New York was different than... Struggling in LA because at least we were in New York and we were having a great time. We were having fun and we had family. In LA, it was just like, I don't even want to go out. I don't want to do anything. I can't afford to go out. I can't afford to have lunch tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah. Right? So I, I was there like, was definitely a heavy, a was, hefty dose of, I'm, I'm getting, getting too old for this, this shit. shit. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so you're like, I'm thinking about Phoenix. And I was like, okay. And then I looked on Craigslist at the apartments in Phoenix. And I said, let's go. Cause this <laughs> shit was so much cheaper. 
And I was just like, I cannot believe you can get an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment, for less than $1,000. Are yeah. you crazy? It's unbelievable. We're paying less now in total rent than we paid in individual the same, rent in individual 10 years rent. ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, that's great. That's amazing. Um, and honestly, there was nothing else. I didn't have any reason to go to Phoenix. I'd never been to Phoenix. I didn't know what was in Phoenix. <clears throat> but for me, I was so used to tr- moving mm-hmm. and adjusting and not really caring where I lived because I travel so much Yeah, that I was like, well, if I go to Phoenix and I hate it, then I'll just go move somewhere else or just go on tour again and just travel. But at least my rent will be cheap and I won't be broke all the time. Exactly. But turns out- Turns out. Um, I moved to Phoenix. We moved here. We went out. We started going. I made I made you go out yes. the first month we were here. We went out al- almost every night of the week to different bars and because I had made we had enough to, money. Yeah, yeah, I had to some not money. Have to worry about saved up. Yeah, I saved enough money working and, in New York the summer before. And um, and uh, we went out and the the first week we've met some really nice fun people that are still our friends today. Yeah. And um, within two to three months, we met uh, Pandora. Yeah, Pandora Destranger. Pandora Destranger, who is used to live in New York. And no, she lived in D.C. She would party in New York. Oh, that's right. She would go up to New York. Mm-hmm. That, but she knows all these people from New York. She knows the same. She knows a lot of the Aviance crew. Um, she knows Sherry She knows Vine. Sherry Vine. And she had, we met her, that was extremely serendipitous. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's a show pony. So immediately she was like, oh, you, she, she knew who uh, She we knew were. who we were. So she was like, oh my God, I'm do, I do shows. Be in my show. Mm-hmm. And I was, we both were like, sure. Yeah. Um, and, and through that. And what was I doing? I got. And then one of the friends that we met at the at this bar called The Rock, who's a bartender there, show, s- suggested that I contact Cobalt, which is another bar, mm-hmm. and was like, yeah, did you see he put a post up? He's looking for a DJ on Facebook. He put a post up on Facebook looking for a DJ. And so I wrote him and I'm like, hi, I want a DJ. He hired me. Somebody sees me at that gig and... And offers me another gig, and now I'm doing every Friday. Um, We're doing. <laughs> I'm doing every Friday at uh, this place called Newtown. Not currently. But <clears throat> not anymore. In the future, hopefully. Coronavirus! <laughs> um, but yeah, but I was since, what, August or something? Yeah. I was doing every Friday. So making you know good money every week just on the mm-hmm. weekends DJing, and then I have all the time during the week to focus on songwriting, production, and I'm just like in heaven. Like I don't have to worry about making ends meet just for my DJ gigs alone. Exactly. And it's just like, ugh, what a relief. It's very it's very much a relief. And for me, I well, I was traumatized still for quite some time when we moved here. Mm-hmm. Um but but you got a job in the. I first got a job in the months. first. I don't know. I got a job. Did in you the, get a job yeah. in February? I got a job at, in the January. 
Oh, okay. So that was the first, basically the first month we lived here. Mm-hmm. Well, December. December. We, we lived here in December. Month, the yeah. second month we lived here, I went. I got the, you know, the first job that I applied for. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Um, make a many, make a many. But I think the best part was, has been like rediscovering performing. Mm-hmm. And through Pandora, I She's established here. She's created this wonderful community mm-hmm. of performers that I was just able to step into. Um, and I really, it's really, it's exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the opportunity to perform here is far greater than it ever was in LA. Mm-hmm. Even in New York, I was mm-hmm. posting parties, but actually being as a drag queen, like hired yeah. to perform yeah. at a party was not something that was happening right. for me. And that's the thing about um, but you go here, to New York, you go to LA, <clears throat> there are the, you know, unless you're doing your own show at your own venue, if you go to a club as a performer in LA, you're not going to make no kind of money. None. And here, because we're doing there's shows. so much competition, there's a million mm-hmm. people that want to do that. And they will all, you know, you're only worth as much as the next person will, will take. So it's, the you know the drag race girls in LA are making one fifty for for a performance, you know yeah where you know you go to you go to Phoenix you go wherever else they're gonna make thousands of dollars, so it's the same for the local performers you know you, you you're gonna make more money where there's more demand exactly and I've been doing um there is more demand like I haven't there's more demand and less competition unless yeah. And the shows that I've been a part of have been really high quality shows with really talented people. Yeah, even um, I got up in Yags. Exactly, and there was like how many? There was like three hundred people there that paid mm-hmm. paid money, paid twenty dollars to come the door, twenty five dollars, twenty five dollars, twenty five dollars to come see the TSA. And that has not as something. It's been so gratifying. Yeah, this move has been. There's something unbelievable. There's something to say about feeling appreciated as an artist where you are. Yeah. If you know that's one thing that really made me feel good when I went to Europe. I felt like I was fulfilling a need and I was appreciated for what I was doing. Instead of being in New York trying to prove to everybody that look at me, I'm good, hire me. There's also I'm this, worth it, you know. There's also this mentality in very much so in New York and very, very much so in LA of um what's next for you? Mm-hmm. Everybody it's 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 an expectation that everyone else has of you. Like if you're any conversation would involves anything that you're doing, like any project, uh the immediate if you explain yourself, you're like, I'm doing this, this, and that. The the inevitable next question is, what's next for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, Let's so you like just you did a world tour and you did a music video and you what's were next on for you? VH1? Okay, so what are you doing now? It's infuriating. Yeah. It's absolutely infuriating and demoralizing, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you push this the rock up the hill yeah, and then you got to balance it on your head. So <laughs> I guess what we're trying to say here is... <laughs> <laughs> to are, you wrap to wrap, are you trying to wrap it up? We got to wrap it up. I don't up. know if we can wrap it up neatly, but we can give it a shot. But, okay, well, we didn't really talk about this so much, but there's something about the ego that keeps you somewhere when you decide to go there, let's say New York. Yeah. 
there's there's something that you really I had to take a I had to take a hit to my ego or renegotiate with my ego when I left New York. Mm-hmm. Not so much when I left New York because I was kind of like just sick of it, and so I was already halfway into living in Europe anyway. Yeah, that it didn't really matter. And when you say, "Oh, I'm moving to Europe," everyone's like. Ooh, you're moving to Europe. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm moving to Poland. Then they're like, oh. Oh. But anyway. <laughs> um uh and then but then I moved to LA and I've kind of like my ego's back up there. Oh, you're in LA. You're you're you know, you're doing everything you should be doing. You're gonna be famous if you just keep doing it and you can, you know, you're gonna succeed because you're in LA. And then I'm like, okay, I can't stand LA anymore. I'm gonna move to Phoenix. And then people, you tell people, I'm moving to Phoenix, and they're like, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I really had to. I, My, that shit was gone for me by the time I moved to Phoenix. Was it? It was completely gone. After LA, like I had been ground down to the nub. Mm-hmm. Like my was a shell of yeah. a human when I was, <laughs> for, when for I was me, leaving LA. Me, so it, there, was, there was none of that was left for me. There was still me. this like little bitchy queen in the back of my mind being like, couldn't do it in LA. Now you got to go to Phoenix. That was not you know? a problem for me. But I just was like, girl, you're not paying my bills. So who cares? And I it, felt like I had already been so, I was so low mm-hmm. uh, that that just did not matter to me at all. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't even a concern, quite honestly. It never but you even weren't even my mind. doing. I wasn't doing drag. You weren't making your living off of your art. Off of my art. No, I was not. So maybe that but has I something knew, to do with it as well. Maybe, but it also, um, I know it has allowed me to re- to find my art again mm-hmm. because yeah. it had been gone for so many years. Yeah. And being in Phoenix has allowed me to create even more and, you know, save money, which is something I was never able to do. And gonna be going real soon. Feel, oh God, <laughs> makes me feel just it just makes you feel a lot more secure, <sighs> and you know, continue to do what I want to do and live life on my own terms, which is really one of the most important things to me. And if I need to go to L.A., girl, I'll just drive over to L.A. Oh, but every time I go to L.A., I'm like, can, I'm, when can we leave? When can we go, please, Ooh, girl? I mean, if it works for you, good for you. Good for you. I mean, I loved New York while I was there. Exactly. But when I was done, I was done. We're not bashing cities here. We're not city bashing. We're not bashing. We're not city bashing. If LA works for you, cool. I found it to be horrible. (laughs) But it's not horrible for a lot of people. It's sunny. It's sunny. But it's even sunnier in Phoenix. Mm. Y'all, um, this is going to be a very special. Who is she? A very special. Who is she? Uh, emotional. And try to get it with through it without and getting too very, emotional. Very personal. But it's um, uh, so yeah, we got some terrible, terrible news. news. Just the other day, yesterday. It was yesterday. Oh God, it seems like a long, even longer than that. That's for sure. Yesterday was pretty rough around here. 
um, our good friend, uh, Nisham Wooden, a.k.a. Mona Foot, uh, died. The legendary. The legendary died of COVID-19. <sighs> Sorry, yeah. but that happened. Um, so it seems like this would be an appropriate place, I guess. I don't really know what the, uh, the, what the behavior, like anything that's appropriate around this because it's just so traumatic and sad. But I feel the need to speak ab- about her, like what I knew of her. Yeah. And because, I think that because well, it fits into what we're talking about very perfectly. Who is she is about us talking about other independent artists, their journeys, <clears throat> how how they navigated their lives and their artistic journeys. And um, Nisham is a very accomplished artist in many different many um, different ways and many, many different, different avenues and, many different mediums um and uh as we, are we yeah so we were um we wanted to talk about him and all the different things that he had he has done over his life and uh yeah so one thing about Nisham is she was a multi-talented girl. She was very multi, multi yet complexly talented. She started as a drag queen in 1989 in New York City yeah. at Boy Bar. I think her first thing was Boy Bar. Um, and As uh, Mona Foote. As Mona Foote. Mona named, she said, yeah, named Mona after, after the, the mom on... Um, who's the boss? Who's the boss? Tony Danza. And then I never got a good, I never got it like a, a really, the explanation for the foot was never as good as I wanted it to be. Well, I feel they like said she, that like the, the no, owner of her Boy Bar. I talking about it now. That, Someone just We were put reading it in an there. article. But I remember her talking about it now as well. It was, I remember feeling like it, that's just not good enough. Just said foot. <laughs> we just said Mona foot. I don't know. I always Because thought, it's such an interesting name. That I was, uh, yeah, I was like. It would be like a. I always thought, am I missing out on some double entendre here? Or (laughs) I'm like trying to say it with different emphases, emphases, but no, Mona Foote. Yeah. Um, She, I remember when she said that she also, did did she ever tell you this? Sorry. She was a backup singer for Delight. Did you know that? Yes. Remember that? Um, So, and in amongst that whole time, that was happening as well. She started out doing a lot of different things. Mm. She was doing that. I think she was a go-go boy as well. Um, She modeled. Mm -hmm. uh, She was singing. uh, She ended up being a DJ. She ended up being in a group. So she did a lot of things. But she drag kind of propelled her into start, like New York City nightlife stardom. Stardom. Legendary Legendary status. status. Um, As were most of those queens uh, that came out of Boy Bar. Um, in that era, but she, you said she did star. Oh, star search was one of, she did this thing called star search, which I actually was on, but not was at Barracuda. I actually did when I first moved to New York city. It was like a competition. It was a competition. Shaquita was, she was not there. Shaquita had either taken over or was subbing, but the, the actual competition show was still running. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did it. It was terrible. <laughs> I was so I was so bad. Oh my god, it was horrible. But yeah, 
that was her sort. I think that was like her real jump to stardom because it was long running and it was it was notorious and legendary, and a lot mm. of people got their start on Star Search mm. from her doing that. <clears throat> I met Nisham uh, at the cock way back in the day. Um, and the cock, our favorite bar, in our New favorite York bar near City was the cock, and it she still was is. the manager there. Um, and I spent over the period of like 10 years, I mean, I spent probably at least three days, three nights, at very least three nights a week there. Sometimes every night mm-hmm. I ended up at the cock. So we spent a lot of time together just kikiing and talking. So I felt like I got to know her pretty well. Um, she, she was a really amazing person. Yeah. She, Definitely was Johnny said no. I think he said no nonsense. That's a very that's a very good way of putting it. She was no nonsense. Tell it she, like it she is. She told it like it was. She did not suffer fools. Ooh, darling. I was never on the the receiving end of any like actual. I was definitely. She read everyone yeah. very thoroughly and very well. Um, yes, but it was kind of. I I felt like it was an honor to be read by her. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was never on the receiving end of any of her more um, pointed yeah. rantings, which yeah. was good. Um, oh, gosh. Sorry, I'm getting a little <clears throat> misty here. But she... I think that I met her at the cock, too. I I must have. That must have been the first place I met her. But... I really knew him more as a member of the ones. The ones. When I got to New York, I think he had stopped doing Mona Foot and Me he, too. I mean he he started doing the ones like they had their big hit in ninety nine. Ninety nine, right? Yeah, that was the year that I moved there. The ones had a huge hit uh called Flawless. Um it was number one in many countries. It was a huge house track. Uh it was like Ibiza Song of the Summer. It was, um, it was, it was a big song. It ended up getting sampled by George Michael and you got to go to the city. Um, and so the ones were kind of like the, one of the, the most successful groups that came out of New York city. New York city nightlife anyway. Yeah. Yeah, From the New York city nightlife gay scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because there's it was a, a complete crossover. Yeah, because it's interesting. There's a lot of super talented uh, performers in the New York City nightlife scene, but there's not been that many that have gone outside of that and hit success, mainstream success outside of mm. New York. So yeah, that when the, the, that was the year that I moved there. I didn't really get to know her until a few years later mm-hmm. because after all of the one stuff had settled down and she kind of came back and was working in the city again. Um I mean they were still doing stuff with the ones, but she was also working at the cock. Mm-hmm. Like and that's like that's an indie artist. That's, like that's the reality of, of being an indie artist. Yeah. Like you can even have you an can international go, hit. Yeah, you can go over to the UK and be on top of the pops, be on number one on the charts, 
And then a couple of years later, you got to come home and get a job. Still got to make that money, honey. Ain't nothing going on but the what rent. Hello. So I think, I mean, that's one of our points about this whole thing is that the roads are winding, and in my estimation, he was an icon. Yeah, she was legendary. Like, she was truly legendary, and. I felt very honored because he was the one that deemed me legendary. He used to call me the legendary Adam <laughs> Joseph. And I was like, ooh, it just made me feel so special. That I someone, felt special. Someone truly New York City nightlife royalty. And they throw so people throw that term around. These days. But this was, I mean, Nisham walks into any bar in New York. Any Anywhere. Party, any party. And everybody fucking knows who he is. Like, he's one of those people that is just, Mm -hmm. he truly is legendary. And I felt, I felt very privileged to be friends with him. I felt very, like, I felt like I was, when he would speak to me, like we were, oh, sorry. When he would speak to me, like we were equals, Mm -hmm. um, I just felt it was such a huge boost to, I felt like I was uh, doing something right, you know? Yeah. And he, that's the thing. He always treated me with such respect, even though I was, you know. In my estimation, below him very much. Totally. I was years (laughs) younger than him, way behind him. I'd never, you know, I have not had anywhere near the success that he's had. And he would, he's so down to earth and, very encouraging. Super encouraging. Um, they, you know, the ones invited me to sing a song on their album. And I was just like, I, I remember we were in the studio and I said, I mean, I'm just so excited to be on a ones record. And they looked at me, him and Paul and Nishan was like, girl, what are you talking about? We're excited to have Adam Joseph on our record. And I'm just like, wow, you know, I mean, these were people that have toured around the world, performed for huge festivals and crowds, sold tons of records and, you know, the support that they gave to other artists. It was not, you know, it was not that competitive vibe or like, you know, none of none of none of them are none of them are like that. Jojo and Paul. They're all like super sweet, um, fam, and yeah, just total family, and and yeah, and I was just thinking about it when I was yesterday when I was writing a the caption for the picture that I posted of Nishama on my Instagram, and it was just like you know you walk into the room and you see him, and obviously you're just gonna go up and you're just gonna like talk to him for at least a good 15 minutes yeah. before you do anything else, you know? She was, you, she loved to gab. Yeah. The bitch loved I remember to we would go and he was working the last time I was in New York, actually, I was during world pride in, in June. And this was the night I think before I broke my elbow and he was, <laughs> I went to the cock cause I, I'm obviously I was supposed to DJ at the cock on that Sunday night, but mm-hmm. I broke my elbow on Saturday night, but I think it was Friday and he was sitting there cause he had recently broken his leg. And so he was sitting at the top of the stairs 
And just like watching people go downstairs, like to make sure whatever, I don't know. They didn't fall. Yeah. (laughs) And he was kind of like doing the door, but I don't know. And um, I sat there for, I don't even know how long I was at the cock, but I was just sitting there talking to him the whole time and he was working, you know, that was every night that it was, was just there. like, just hang out. You know, he was just the, just the greatest. And, um, I mean, he was, he was super, like everything that you like, could he think was, of. Okay. So he started out as a drag queen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Backup then, singer. Backup singer for delight. Model. Model. And then he, was in Actress. the movie Flawless next to Robert De Niro. And famous Seymour Hoffman. Like, that was his, a major film. Yeah. And then he started The Ones, and, like, their first album went huge. Huge. Giant international hit. Um, <laughs> It's just crazy. Then he released a solo album remixed by... Uh, he released a single mm-hmm. written, actually co-written with Ari Gold. Ari Gold, yeah. Remixed by David Morales, one of the biggest DJs. Just like crazy. The I mean, level of accomplishment. A real star. A real star, but also it's extremely accessible to, to, well, to us, to yeah. people, to other <clears throat> artists right. in the community. To other people in nightlife, um, never behaved in the way that, I don't know, the common, like, I think most people would think that someone with that type of success would behave. Right. Um, And and the funny thing is... But New York is very much like that. New York is very like that. And a lot of people that I've met that have had a lot of success don't usually act like that. Do you find that a lot of successful people, people always think they're going to be like diva, but I find that more the divas are the ones that are super insecure with where they are and what they've done. Yeah. I find in my, I mean, in my estimation, the people that I've come across that have, that behave the, that have the poorest behavior are in my I who I consider to be the least talented. Right. It's the people that the people that have the talent are not worried and they don't have anything to prove. They can just be down, you know, they could just be fam and it's not they don't have anything to like hold you know, mm-hmm. you're not holding anything over them. They're not holding anything over you. I think that's one of the major differences between LA and New York. You're around people, you're shoulder to shoulder with people that are ex- Talented to the extreme. Yeah. Everyone. Totally. Everyone in the, in the group, pretty much yeah. everyone is super talented in some way. And there's no, the, there's no, competi- there's not, there's competition maybe literally for some sort of a job, but there's yeah. not an air of competition. No. There's in LA, there's a constant, I found that there was a constant air mm. of competition that yeah. seeps into every social interaction. And oh, you it. did this? Well, I did this. Yeah. yeah. That does not exist in New York City. No. It is... It's like one giant artistic community yeah. of people uh, buoying each other up mm-hmm. by their successes. Yeah. And you were speaking on this earlier. <clears throat> I think seeing, being in proximity and friendly with someone who has achieved so much makes it more accessible for you yes. to achieve. It makes it possible for you in to your, envision yourself in your mind, achieving. In your mind to achieve something. For example, oh, uh, 
this person just re- just released an album. And we're sitting here drinking at the same bar, hanging out, seeing each other all the time. That means I can do it too. If he can do it, then I can do it. And that's really what drove me um, by having people like Nisham and um, Johnny McGovern and Ari Gold. And those people made me realize that I can do these things. I can make a music video. I can record an album. I can do a song with, you know, and and have it be successful. Why not? They can do it, so why can't I? We're all talented, you know? It's just a matter of doing it and putting yourself out there. You know, and I'm sure not everything works out the way that you think is going that you hope it is going to work out, but I think what holds people a lot of people back is that they don't have anybody around them to see that those type of things are possible. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's also about, we were talking about this too, a little bit, um, the measure of success. It doesn't have to, it's not finite. Right. You can have a large success, but still have to have another means of income. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take anything away from that success that you have. And right. I think a lot of people get hung up on that. Right. It's like you can achieve great heights artistically and still not be able to just make money off of that shit. Mm-hmm. You still might have to have something else right. that doesn't make your artistic achievements yeah. any less. That doesn't mean you're not as talented as the next as that's something who, that I struggle with. You know, it's <laughs> all that is is business. Yeah, you know, and the sad thing about it is most artists are not good business people. Yep, I'm not a good business person at all. But and most artists don't even want to worry about that type of stuff because they're too worried about I want to write this song. I want to. I want to put this do this show. You know, yeah. that's what we're worried about. We're not exactly. like, how can I interpret this into making money from people and what's the best marketing strategy? No, that your robot that's not what we're thinking. Yeah, that is my <laughs> robot voice. But, you know, that's where a lot of artists, there's so many talented people that um, any super, super successful, you know, we're talking Michael Jackson, Madonna, Lizzo, uh, whatever. <laughs> Michael Matt Jackson, Madonna, Lizzo. I mean, okay. Lizzo's like the it girl of this <laughs> she, year. I mean, you for know, sure. have several many business people behind them making several many, several many of them making <laughs> huge decisions. Teams of scientists. <clears throat> so don't think it's about this person worked hard and that's why they are where they are. Sure, they worked hard, but they did not do all that by themselves. They did not build multi-million dollar corporations by themselves. Trust. No, they did not. And that's what so it's that's what I love about independent artists because you know what? For the most part, what these people did is what they did all by themselves. And I think that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's more impressive. And Nisham was nothing if not impressive. Impressive, beautiful, funny, talented. So funny. So fucking so funny. funny. All I can just keep picture him laughing, like at me. <laughs> I remember he used to have he used to do like um he used to go to Fire Island every year, and when he was in Holy Fire Island, shit. he you would take to, he somebody he would still make up somebody on the he would make somebody take out their phone and film him and his friend Shelly doing the Nisham and Shelly show. <laughs> 
just talking shit. Talking like, shit. By the pool, having cocktails, like, oh, welcome back. And it wasn't even like an ongoing thing. It was just like a random thing. And he would come, welcome back to the Nishama <laughs> Jelly Show. <laughs> just like one time a year, maybe. Yeah. Just, oh, he also did this just one. Talking. Did you see the thing where he did oh, a God, series like, yeah. of... The, I thought I peed myself laughing. He did this series of things where he would film the deer in Fire Island. Oh, yeah. He would him ca- talking to he them. Talking to them. Talking to them like, oh, hey, girl. Oh, hey, girl. How, How you doing? doing? <laughs> what you doing over there? Eating some garbage? Is it good? <laughs> All right, then. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one of the... The highest key keys that you could ever. The level of, the key, level was, of key was intense. Uh, intense when you were around her. I hope that we were. I don't know. I just felt that we should say something. Well, I would like. To, I, hope, I would like to think that. I mean, it's not nearly eloquent enough, and it can't express nearly, you know, the depth of feeling that I have for this person. But I, I, I wanted to remember him. Yeah. Right now, I yeah. thought it was appropriate. And I mean, I'm glad that. Nisham is our first who is she. And it's actually, we didn't even get to say this. Um, I really connected with Nisham in 2014 when he asked me to produce um, a few songs for him because he wanted, he was trying to get his solo project backed up and running. And honestly, at the time, I was like, is he crazy? Like, I've always had a very, big problem with my confidence as a music producer which is and, unbelievable and to me, but and he, and for someone that had had this much success in the past and worked with tons of huge great producers asking me to do it i was just like are you crazy i mean sure let's do it obviously but um i was very honored and um humbled i guess and flattered to be able to work with him. And um, we produced five songs together and um, they they were never released, unfortunately. I think that he was trying to figure out maybe a record label or some type of situation to get them released and it never really happened, which happens more often than not. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Um, But I... Um, in light of the recent events, yeah, I have talked to a couple of his really close friends, his, his bandmate, Paul Alexander from the ones. And, um, I've decided to release a duet that we recorded together in 2014 of under pressure by originally by David Bowie and Freddie Mercury and so we're both singing on it and um you know i didn't really know if it was if it was a good idea i'm definitely not you know trying to do anything to draw you know to like use this to draw attention to music my music or whatever i just thought that um it might help some people to hear his voice on something that has um, yet to be released, and um, you know, and it helps me personally to share this with the world that of you know the work that I was able to create with him. So, 
We're going to play that at the end of the episode, so yeah. stay tuned. And uh, I think I'll be posting it as well on my YouTube so you guys can check it out. Yeah. So we, we just want to send lots of love up to you, Nisham. We love you. We, we love you. you. We miss you. You will be missed. What have you done for you lately? you've done for you but what have we done for you lately, lately. Oh, oh, so this is the travelogue <laughs> <laughs> of shit that we should be doing for our artistic betterment sisters are doing it for who for themselves for themselves um and as we discussed previously i am a technophobe um and have Huge problems with anxiety around the internet. But Look, I had made... it's getting closer and closer to you, Eric. <laughs> Stop! Don't! Take it away! Here, can I open up Instagram and you can like something? It doesn't no. count if you do it on my account. <laughs> Look, let's just like the first picture. It's a dog. Oh, no, it's oh, my no. friend. Just, just like it. I don't know just if tap I can it. press the button. Double tap, ah. Erica. Did you, know that, wait, did you know that you can like things by just going like this? Oh, just no, actually, I did not. <laughs> you can you double for... tap the center of the screen. Thank you so much. And it will also, <laughs> that's the same thing as liking it because you can touch well, the heart. She's always learning something new. I'm learning something new every day. <clears throat> so I did, I have been liking things. Yes. I did comment, I think on maybe one thing, a couple things. I have, I retweeted more than one thing. So. You retweeted, I, you Twitter posted. I, tw- I posted like on a specifically, cold, like straight up post, post not even on Twitter, which because, is something that I don't think I've ever done before. Because I'm because I made you. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, you were, you know, it's like therapy. It's like sometimes you need sometimes somebody to I, hold your hand. No, I always need a push for sure. <laughs> um, so I'm, I think I'm happy with the progress that I made. On that end this week, uh-huh. I think I did good. I think you did good too. I think I, d- I, think I did good. <laughs> um, you done good, I done, pig. I think I done. What? Uh, it's what a Charlotte's Web reference. What you got? I know what it is. Um, but uh, I did not sew anything this week. Uh, so what? I mean, I should have. So you should have. So I should have. It's, but to, to be fair, you only reap. What you sow. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) Um, But it's been a crazy freaking week. The world is ending. The world is ending. It's an apocalypse. Society is crumbling around us. I mean, Um, I'm going to give you like kind of a pass. Like I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm a slave driver and excuses are no excuse. Oh, geez. So... You but no, here. But you know, here. Here's what I'm gonna. Here's what it is. I think I do better with finite, like concrete goals, like something in mind, not just amorphous goals of amassing a new wardrobe. That's not for uh-huh. anything in particular. Uh-huh. But here's what 
we've talked about this and I'm going to tell, I'm going to put it into the, in, speak it into the universe. Speak it. I, in. we have three songs that we've done together uh-huh. uh, since my pumps. Um, one of them's been released. All that. Two of them, one well, has been, two of them, two been, have been released. released. Uh, one has not been released, but I want to release them all together. I'm in a much different place in my life mm-hmm. now. I think I've, to really embrace that to really embrace the releases and the, and to embrace it as my art. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't when, uh-huh. when those two were released before. Yeah. It was in a very dark place. Yeah. Um, and in, and I don't really... Well, the even, second one. The second one, I was in a better place, but I'm in an even better place now. Uh-huh. Uh, but you want to do like a Beyonce video package. I want to do a video... I'm, I'm going to do a video package. Uh-huh. I want to do one video, uh-huh. like a one-shot deal yeah. um, of me just dancing. Right. In for those three songs and release them with those three songs. Dancing, they got dancing. So I need to, I need to create those three looks, right? Because I don't have them now. So I'm. Costume the goal is changes. Cost, there's not just. It's gonna be one look. This so is be, one look. Three per, looks or one look. One look per song. Oh, okay. Three looks total. Reveals, possibly. Like maybe not. Wig hat wig. I'm not sure. It okay. might just be one thing. I want to be. I want to make this so that I can get it done. Mm-hmm. So I'm not putting any. Right. Uh, I'm not putting any grand illusions on top of it. One of the most important parts. I just want to get it done, and I know, and I'm in good shape again. Yeah. I know that I could make something like this happen. Can so I make that, a, those are my can goals. I make, per, make, I'm a make a look per week. What's your suggestion? This is one of the things that my sister taught me, and it seems very simple, but it is very effective. Make a list. <laughs> Write it down. Okay. Look at the top of the list. <laughs> Accomplish the first thing on the list. Cross it off. <laughs> Look at the second item on the list. Accomplish the second item on the list. Yes. Uh, it works. It I works. Know. Okay. I'm telling you guys, it works. I do it all the time laundry write a song <laughs> make lunch make lunches eat. on your list yeah wow because you have you sometimes really, you, really you have to know lists. like because well sometimes you could put them in order today i'm gonna go to the bank go to the grocery store make lunch write a song do laundry and look at all the stuff i just got done today so much stuff. If I don't write I that down, good. then I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot to go to the bank. And now, oh, I, I'm at the grocery store. And now it's like, okay, I'm just going to eat lunch. And what's on Netflix? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, it, it, it's yeah. easy. It's easy. It's very easy to do that. Um, it's really I'm easy. Gonna, I'm going to make a list. list. I'm going to make lists. Make it and make it happen. I'm going to make a list and make it happen. If but you're that's like, what my if you're plan like, is. Okay, like, I need to sew a dress, or, or maybe you don't have to make the whole look, but just be like, a, What part of the sewing. look I'm going to do today? At least you'll see it on the paper, and you'll be like, This is what I need to do. Because it's very easy to forget what you need to do every day. You are right. So make a list and make it happen. This week, my, Scott, what has she done for you she's lately? A tough boss. <laughs> I am a tough boss, and that's why I'm able to live as an independent self-employed she, artist. A tough boss. Anyway, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tough boss on myself. I know you are. Um I know you and, are. And um 
so my thing was Instagram. I'm trying to I'm trying to find like pictures from these photo shoots that I've done in the past to to resurrect yeah, beef up your Insta. I'm trying to make my my image look a little cuter. You want to be cute. I want to look cute. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm working on that. I put in. I put a picture up. Okay. You know, I had well, it took some serious editing. I had to you know do all that fate magic stuff whatever to make it look cool but i think i did a good job and uh i also was saying that i was going to dedicate two hours of songwriting every day not so much it's been a crazy week and excuses are no excuse and where am i now in the same place where I was last week with no new songs actually did i write a new song this you week wrote a song? i did write a song this week Don't but I need to be writing like every day. A song per day? Yeah. Okay. Until I run out of tracks to write to. And All then right. I'll have and then my first thing on my list will be make them give me more tracks. Because that's how I can make money. And a bitch gotta get paid. Oh boy. Especially now. Especially in these crazy times. Who knows what's going on? It's scary. It is scary. We're scared. We were, I mean, I was kind of paralyzed yesterday with the news of Nisham. Uh, I was kind of wandering around in and out of weeping. A, I needed to take a nap. I took a nap and then I woke up and I made dinner and I felt like that was, I mean, I took a shower yesterday. Sometimes just taking a shower is an accomplishment. I did not shower yesterday. Well, um, there's always today. I did shower oh, today. Well, good for you. Thank you. Um, I mean, but yeah, it was yesterday was a rough day. I mean, you've been through clinical depression. Sometimes taking a shower is uh, an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, it's hard every day, but I do it. But I do it with a smile or with a really sour expression. Then you ask me what's, what's wrong first and you thing say, in the morning, and that say, really helps. You say, Nothing. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> Just go. I'll take the bus to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. And for y'all use uh, people that um, were commenting on our uh, choice to sit next to each other in the video that we made on Instagram. <laughs> it was just and really one person. On the social distancing issue. It was just, let's be- we're quarantining together. Thank you very much. Yeah. We're very. We're and we're very, roommates. We're roommates. So, so we're already all up in fine. each other's space. Sorry. I, I try not Did to Did you get like too take personal. that personally? It's, I, it sounded I, like you took it personally. See, that's why this they This is only just the beginning. People are going to say horrible things about I really us. hate people talking to me on social media in a way that like sometimes I can't tell if they're joking or if they're serious most well, of the times. Uh, so, that's the internet what, has erased nuance. That's so. what emojis are for. Oh, you know Did what? you know that? That's exactly <clears> what emojis <throat> are for. So people can get context. So you can tell if you're joking because you can say, give you, contextual you can say, clues. Okay, you can say, oh my God, I totally hate you. And then you put a laugh emoji on it and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Right? Because yeah. everyone says, oh my God, I hate you so much. Mm-hmm. But if you just say, I hate you with no emoji, you've just made it a lifelong enemy. It's the point is what we love hearing from you. An emoji makes. <laughs> what a difference. Um, Don't forget to use your emojis, kids. It'll save lives. It will save lives. But we do love to hear from you. And once again, it I want to... It makes me feel like I'm doing something. <clears throat> and you I are actually, doing something. It makes, well, the thing know, is, you are. The thing is, I am. But it's like it's totally new for me. It's kind of like a, a 
I get like endorphins off of it when I uh, res- when yeah. I respond to people that I don't know. I get endorphins from releasing. I was terrified. New material. Of it. This is. A, th- I've turned a corner. I don't know if you've realized this. Uh huh. This is very different for me. I would like a little bit of praise. I am so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> You're good enough. You're smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like your podcast. Aw. God, I hope so. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, write us on our new Twitter at Turning Purple Pod. You can email us with any questions, queries, or comments. Yeah. Turningpurplepod at gmail.com. Because if we have some, then we'll answer them. We will. For sure. We'll even say your name on the air. Give you a little shout out. A little shout out. Okay. That's always fun. So we're going to close out the show, as I said before, with um, my duet. Collab. My collab with the legendary Nisham. Here it is, guys. Under pressure. Pressure pushing down on me, pressing down on you. Burns a building down, splits a family in two Pressure, pushing down on me, pressing down on you Under pressure, burns a building down, splits a family in two it's the terror of knowing what this world is about Watching some good friends scream, let me out Pray tomorrow gets me higher Pressure on people, people on streets Streets, streets,
Tirar 